You're listening to Win Win, an entrepreneurial community with your host, Ben Wolf. And welcome to the Win Win Podcast. This is Ben Wolf, as always, your host. And I'm very excited about what we're going to be talking about today, which we're going to be learning from our guest, why ADHD is a gift and not a curse. And uh, before we get into that, uh, I want to remind everybody that the Win Win Podcast is part of fractionalleadership.io. So if anybody is a fractional executive out there, uh, whether a solo practitioner, owner of a firm, or member of a firm, I definitely check out fractionalleadership.io to learn about that community. Uh, and with that, I want to get introducing get into introducing our guest today. Uh, he is the host of the Faster Than Normal podcast, the internet's number one podcast related to ADHD, dedicated to the concept that having a, AD, an ADHD brain is a gift and not a curse. Uh, he's a five-time best-selling author, including one book I recently read, Faster Than Normal, Turbocharge Charge, Your Focus, Productivity, and Success with the Secrets of the ADHD Brain. I will have a link to where you can get that on Amazon in the uh, in the show notes and social media, et cetera. He's the founder of, I don't know how you're supposed to pronounce this, but H-A-R-O, Harrow, Help a Reporter Out. Harrow, yep. Harrow, okay, thanks, which I actually used a day or two ago. I've been re- subscribing for a couple of years now. Uh, He's been featured on national news networks, given a TEDx talk, and is a sought-after keynote speaker. You can learn about him, more about him at shankman.com. That's with an A, shankman.com. And with that, I give you Peter Shankman. Welcome. How you doing? I'm good. And yeah, super super happy to have you here. I guess for those of you, for those who are not already familiar with you, uh, can you give a quick two-minute background on yourself, especially thinking about, you know, how we got to be talking about this topic? Yeah, I mean, I uh, was diagnosed in my late 30s. Prior to that, I, I grew up with uh, what's called sit down, you're disrupting the class disease. And um, it wasn't until my late 30s that I, I had a name for what I had. And I realized that all the stuff that I was doing, all the things that I was doing, uh, that everyone thought were weird, that I thought were weird, that got, got me in trouble as a kid, were actually beneficial and actually things that could help me and could uh, help grow my my uh, my world and, and increase my you know benefit my life, and so once I started putting two and two together, and I realized that uh, ADHD was actually this gift and not this curse, I started um, saying, okay, what can I do, and how can I um, use this to my advantage, and how can I help other people who might have spent their entire lives so far thinking that uh, they're broken, right? You know, we're just now, just barely beginning to um, change that conversation from uh, you're broken to you actually have some gifts. And so for me, it's, it's really about how to create that, that sort of conversation and, and, and let people know that, you know, they have um, this wonderful brain and they just have to learn how to use it a little better. Yeah, that's awesome. And I'd say when I, when I, uh, when someone first told me about your, your book, and I saw it and like, I just have to tell you personally, for me, it like felt like a slap in the face, like in a good way. Like what? There's someone like saying this and talking about how to use that double-edged sword because a sword is a very powerful tool, but you know, it, it, it has its disadvantages, um, but you could do so much more than you can without it. And so, uh, and so like I grew up as a kid, I was diagnosed with ADHD as a kid, but I was unmedicated because when I grew up, Ritalin was the only thing available and it turned me into of a course. zombie yep. at the time. So I wasn't on it. I went to special ed school for eight years. Um, 
you know, ended up, uh, you know, feeling, you know, kind of incompetent and unsuccessful at many or most things, I don't know, that I came across having to do in life. And, you know, later on, I ended up going to law school and being like, you know, top 5% of the class, getting a good Mm -hmm. law job and, you know, which was cool, but I didn't enjoy it. And, uh, you know, until I almost accidentally found myself with this startup that I, you know, helped build most of the operations of and ended up being, you know, from startup to over a hundred million annually by the time I left. And so, you know, I, I see this kind of faster than normal and just kind of different way of thinking as being advantageous. And I know your book that you wrote on this was from 2017 originally, but um, for, for those who are like, you know, who are out there around normal humans uh, who, you know, what, and, and they don't yet know that it's a superpower. They haven't, you know, they haven't come across this concept yet. What are they feeling? What are they seeing in their, in their lives? That's a good question. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that we have always been looked at as different. Um, I mean, we are different. I cannot tell you how many times, um, uh, how many non-second dates I've had because the first date I was just a little strange, a little odd, a little different, Um, but it's perfectly normal to me. And, you know, it's funny, we're coming up on Thanksgiving and the holiday season. And I get a lot of emails and calls and talks about um, how to survive the holidays. One of the things about ADD and ADHD is that we are really, really great Sorry, my stupid dog is being stupid. We, we are really, really great at doing things um, on the fly and doing things when need be. You know, I can, I can go start a company tomorrow, right, for fun. Um, the downside comes when um, we have to do normal things. Sitting at a table for four hours over a Thanksgiving dinner and smiling and laughing and listening to small talk and, and things of that nature. Um, I'll more than likely after about 35 minutes being in the back room playing in the second bedroom playing with the cat. It is not um, for me the best place to be. And one of those reasons is because we have a very small social battery and our social battery needs to recharge Mm. a lot more than others. And again, when normal quote unquote people don't understand this, they think we're just being rude, right? Every year my mother would have to come get me out of my bedroom where I would hands down retreat um 40 minutes into uh our our family dinner right where i could just go and and you know thanksgiving 20 people in the room 20 people in the room is not good um the irony though is that you know put me in front of put me on a stage in Mm -hmm. front of ten thousand people and i will own the room because that's me talking to all of them it's not me smiling listening having to, to 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 put on the face it's a different world. And so one of the things people without ADHD or without faster brains need to understand is that just because we're taking a break, just because we're doing things differently, just because we're, you know, going to the room for a few minutes, playing with the cat, doesn't mean we're being rude. Doesn't mean we don't care. Doesn't mean we don't like you. It just means that we want to be at our best for you. And in order to do that, we sometimes need to take a little bit of a, a break and a little bit of a reset, right? And then we'll come back and we'll be just as good. But there are differences. And, 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 it is important that people understand that. Right. Yeah, it's so true. I definitely relate to the smaller social battery concept. Um, when when you 
you, you write in the book how you came across the Driven, Driven to Distraction book by Dr. Ned Hallowell uh, at one point and how transformational that was for you. Like what, what was, what was going on with you before that, I guess, or what was your personal experience like before that? And, and I guess after that. Wasn't really stuff going on per se, but I think that one of the things that happened, you know, I was in therapy and I was, I remember talking to my therapist and being like, you know, I don't understand why I'm doing this. I just did this stupid thing again. I know I'm not supposed to do this stupid thing again. And he goes, well, you know, your, your ADD or ADHD is, 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 you know, really strong. I'm like, what are you talking about? I don't have ADHD. And he looked at me and sort of like, yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, and he, he tossed me Hallowell's book and uh, I read it. I'm like, holy shit, this makes perfect sense. You know, and it, it wasn't that I didn't know something was different. It's just, I didn't have a name for it. Right. And the second I understood what was going on, everything made sense. And I remember I visited a doctor about five years earlier and he took one look at me, listened to my heartbeat. Yeah, I have ADHD. Here's some Ritalin. I'm like, no, I never took it. And I, I didn't think about it again. You know, you, you need to find that doctor, that person who actually does the right thing and understands uh, what's going on. And so for me, sort of getting that, um, that diagnosis and understanding it, it's changed a lot of things. You know, I, it doesn't change who I am as a person. Who I am as a person, I'll always be that same person. It's, it's, I'm me, right? I'm, I'm not going to change that, but, but I need to make sure that I am doing things to be at the best of my ability to, to act the best possible way I can to, to be the best dad I can to be the best boyfriend I can, whatever the case may be. Right. What you, 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 you talk in your website about the neuro atypical economy. What is that? So if you look at the premise that um, there's some studies out there that say up to 15% of workers and people, just people in this country, are going to be, will you just calm down, please, chill? I don't know why my dog's so psychotic today. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so about 15% of the of the world is going to be neurodiverse within the next 15, or diagnosed neurodiverse in the next 15 years. Um, that's a lot of people, right? That is a lot of people. And so neurodiversity is similar, you know, it, it has similar, everything in the neurodiverse world has similar traits. Um, a lot of it is creative, right? A lot of creativity in there. So if you run a company, are you prepared to hire neurodiverse? Are you prepared? Are you, do you understand how? Are you prepared to find the best way to let them thrive in your business? If you sell things, are you prepared you know i worked for a fast food company and they couldn't understand they, they're like we want to uh people are telling us that that they don't like our stores and they're too different we don't understand why and i walked in and, you know it's this giant it's this fast food chain it's just giant menus all on the top mm -hmm. um 105 different items all on a digital display that change into an ad every 30 seconds i, I walk right out like yeah i think i found your problem <laughs> and so you have to ask yourself what can you do differently so a lot of that comes down to thinking and, and understanding what your um, what your audience really needs and talking to them and asking them. You know, everyone is into that diver diversity, right? And, and diversity has to stop. It can't just stop at skin deep, right? Diversity can't just be a disability or can't just be a skin color. It has to go deeper than that. What now? When you say fifteen percent of the economy, is that because it's happening more, or just that it's? Well, that's because, that's because people more. are getting diagnosed more. People are getting mm -hmm. diagnosed more. A lot of the number one, the fastest growing diagnosed group, uh, fastest growing group that gets, is getting diagnosed with neurodiversity, whether it's ADD, ADHD, autism, executive function, whatever, um, are parents. And why are they parents? What are you chewing on? That's, a, that's an umbrella. I swear to God. Waffle. 
I just have to take the umbrella away. Um, parents are getting diagnosed first and foremost. Why? Because they're taking their kids into get diagnosed and they're being, they're getting described. The kids are getting described. Here's what I have. And the parents are saying, wait a second, that sounds just like me. Uh-huh. Right. So you're, you're getting that huge description as well. Um, and, and we're also, I mean, most importantly, we're talking about it more. You and I would never have had this conversation 20 years ago. I would never have a shirt. I'd never wear a t-shirt that says I'm ADHD. Right. That that's, you know, you didn't, you didn't it's like embarrassing. I never, there'd never be a conversation about mental health back then. Right. And now we're talking about it because it's important. And, and that's, I think, a wonderful thing. But yeah, knowing that, is. knowing that, you have to understand how your, your audience continues to grow in what they're doing. When, you, when you're talking about neuroatypical and all the other things that you mentioned in that, in that bucket, is there a connection between ADHD and like ASD or like slightly ASD type of thing? I'm sure there is. I'm sure there is. I mean, there's a connection to pretty much anything. We haven't figured out what it is yet. Um, I, I'm certainly not a doctor. I mean, I know there are studies being done about it and you can certainly find out more, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't know enough to give you those answers yet, but I do mm -hmm. know that we are definitely seeing connections everywhere. Now talking about adults for a second who hopefully have more choice in life or they can engineer their careers or their schools or their activities to be more fitting with where they could be maximally successful. I guess how how do you suggest people who are like not thriving and maybe they're neurodiverse or you know whether they're ADHD or whatnot, how how can they re-engineer or move their life situations in, into a into a place where they could be more successful, where the superpowers are can be expressed and they're not just looked at as like teaching a fish how to climb a tree. One of the greatest quotes I ever heard came from a skydiving friend of mine, an old man, an older man who was a skydiver. And when, when skydivers are older, you usually want to listen to them because that usually tells me, tells you that they've been alive for 50 years and they figured out how not to die as a skydiver. And so um, for me, uh, this skydiver, I was talking about how my friends who don't skydive never understood why I wanted to go skydiving. My friends who do skydive never understand why I want to leave the drop zone. Uh, you know, and I sort of have this dual life. And he said something interesting. He said, if you can't change the people around you, Change the people around you. And that took me a second. Mm. And I go, oh my God, that's something. You know, mm. what I've realized is that life is too damn short. And I am not going to spend it with people who don't have my best interest at heart. And so for me, I've learned to grow and I've learned to do what I'm really good at and not care what the majority of people out there think. Whether that is, you know, I unless you're my daughter or my parents or my girlfriend or in some capacity help me pay my mortgage, I don't really have time for your opinion. I appreciate it, but it's not going to affect me. I'm not going to let it live inside my brain. And, and that being said, we spend our life growing up with this concept of, um, of uh, imposter syndrome. So it's hard to let that go. All right. You believe there, that there, there is something wrong with me. Of course. I, just this morning. I mean, a, a case in point, I, I went to sleep last night at 7 p.m. I got a phone call at 7 p.m. that said, uh, hey, it's CNN. We want to have you on tomorrow morning to talk about the Twitter blow up. I'm like, not a problem at all. I'd love to do it. And um, I sent them all my info, my ideas. I said, great. We'll have a car for you at 540 a.m. I wake up at 3 a.m. to go work out. And I get there's a message on my phone. So sorry, Peter. Uh, we have to cut your segment. Now, I'm well aware 
that they have to cut my segment either for time or because they found someone from Twitter who can actually talk or something like that. But that didn't stop me from spending the next two hours working out sure that they found out I'm a complete fraud. They're never going to call me again. <laughs> right. Mind you, at 830, I get an email from the producer. Dude, just want to apologize. We love having you on. They wanted a business reporter in the West Coast to handle this. Next time we got you. You know, my peers were totally abated and, and totally bullshit. But that's what we do. Right. Imposter syndrome is very real. And when you're ADHD and you've been told all your life you're broken, it, it, it's very easy to get back there. So that's hard. That's very hard. Yeah, no, that's 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 so true. Now, one of the biggest things you focus on throughout most of the book, Faster Than Normal, and a lot of other things you speak about are the importance of habits and rituals. So I know it's obviously a huge topic and there's a lot of detail, but I guess if you could share like maybe your top couple of habits or rituals that people with ADHD brains, faster than normal brains can, you know, use to be more, you know, to be more adaptive and successful in life. Yeah. I mean, one of the number one things I could tell you is that I, I find, uh, I spend a lot of my time um, trying to simplify my life. I cannot explain how important it is to simplify your life. The premise that um, uh, I am, you know, I have two sides to my closet. One side says office slash travel and it's t-shirt and jeans. The other side says speaking slash TV and it's button down shirts, jackets and jeans. And that's it. My um, suits, my vests, my sweaters, all that stuff. It's in my daughter's closet, right? Because if I had to, if I had to go and um, start finding that stuff, okay, what do I want to wear this morning? Oh, Oh my God, that sweater. I remember that sweater. Laura gave me that sweater. I wonder how she's doing. I should look her up. It's three hours later. I'm naked in the living room with Facebook. I haven't left the house. So you need to understand simplification really, really works for whatever it is you're doing. For me, it is, it is just such a key component to make sure that I am uh, focusing on the stuff that matters. I exercise every single morning because if I don't, I don't get the dopamine and I'm not in, in as good a place. Right. You so have that's to decide, wait, is it Monday that I exercise? Is it Tuesday? Like nope. I wake up and I exercise and people say to me, oh my God, you wake up at, uh, at, uh, uh, you know, three thirty in the morning to, to exercise before work. What's wrong with you? I'm like, because that works for me. And if it, if I don't do that, I don't have as good a day. I have to do It's just very simple. Decision fatigue is real. Yeah. Especially for us. Yeah. So the less I have to think about, the easier life is. Awesome. What else? Watch what you eat. Um, eat like crap, feel like crap, eat good, feel good. Um, you know, avoid the carbs. Carbs give you a really, really great high and then drop in about five seconds. That's not really worth it. Um, and then just go at the end of the day, go easy on yourself. Life is, 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 um, life is hard enough, right? You don't need to be your old worst enemy. What, what about, and I, I love, by the way, that phrase that you got from the older skydiver if, if mm -hmm. you can't change the people around you change the people around you that's i don't think i heard that before that's great um what uh last last question is yeah. what um what about the people who are not in an environment where they could change the people around them they're not they can't go to a job where they can run around in the you know in a car and travel like all day like where you can find stuff you can find school, things that you can do. You're, you're 10 years old you're 15 years old you're stuck in yep. high school like yep. what what can you there's what do absolutely you tell nothing stopping like you there's nothing stopping you from doing 20 squats before you walk into the classroom 
or, or, or taking the stairs instead of the elevator or running up and down the stairs just to do it. There's nothing stopping you from giving yourself that dopamine every single hour, every 40 minutes, whenever your period ends and go to your next class. Um, you know, it's no, it's no, uh, coincidence that I did better in the classes that were on a higher floors that I had to run up to in school. I'm realizing that now, you know, as an adult, wow. it's crazy. <clears throat> yeah, it, it is, it is pretty crazy. Um, you know, you don't see these things and, um, you realize them now and, and it's so simple. It's, it's simply changing the brain chemistry over and over. That's what, that's what you need to do. Right. That's awesome. Look, I, I really, I really appreciate this. Uh, actually, you know, I just, I'll make one observation before we, before yeah. we wrap up, which is, uh, which is that the people who were able for whatever way to be successful with their faster than normal brain in life, like, the 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 field I'm in now, which is fractional executive leadership, that means people are executives, mm-hmm. they're CFO, CMO, CIO, CTO, et cetera. And they're doing it for three, four clients at a time. So like that's like perfect, by the way, you know, because it's like you're not getting into like all the weeds and the details and the boring yep. stuff of a of a 40, 50, 60 hour a week, you know, executive you know, with one company, you're like, yeah. you know, you're working with one company one day, then another company the next day. Yep. And then, you know, every 18 months you switch to a different client. So there's always that also variety and staying in the more interesting, higher level stuff. But obviously you can only do that yep. if you've been able to be successful full-time first. So it's like a, you know, kind of a gauntlet that you have to go through and, and find a way to be successful in. But, uh, but it is, a, it just makes me think also that it's like a perfect perfect field for, for that kind of brain. It is definitely, um, you know, you have to keep active. You have to keep your brain active. Falling into one position, unless you're hyper-focusing, causes trouble. So you really want to stay in that best possible place. Right. Well, I really, really appreciate it. Again, people can pick up faster than normal. Obviously, you could look it up online. The link is in social media and in the episode description. Um, and, uh, uh, Peter, just again, shankman.com, right? People can find out more about you or get you yep. to speak. Yep. I'm at Peter Shankman on all the socials. Yeah. At Peter Shankman on socials. It's again, it's S-H-A-N-K-M-A-N. So mm-hmm. really appreciate you being on and, uh, and and making the time for this. Super grateful. My pleasure. Great to do it. Thank you. All the best and right, see everyone care. else. Thank you. And see everybody else on the other side. You're listening to Win Win, an entrepreneurial community with your host, Ben Wolf.